I sat down with the Sitka men's group at the beginning of one of their meetings. They take place in the dimly lit sail offices in Sitka, around a thick wooden table. They gave me a little background on the group, and while they're not unfriendly to women, which I'll explain more about in a moment, they consider their interactions confidential, so they didn't want me to record even their weekly introductions. Instead, I invited the members to meet with me one-on-one -on -one to discuss the need for a group like this and why they participate. Three of them agreed. Men don't seem to have a, a real venue for uh, sharing um, a lot of stuff. Um, anything from apprenticeship to mentorship to feelings to emotions to what's coming up at work, um, you know, anything. And so it's nice, felt like this was a, a, something that was needed. That's Tom Crane, one of the founders of Sitka's men's group. The idea sprang from a mixed-gender group that was exploring the value of emotional vulnerability. Steve Hutchinson says it can be hard for men to get to that vulnerable place. With men, there's this sort of posturing or almost this competitive atmosphere in a way of making yourself look better or things like that or look good. A men's group specifically is important because it's with other men who have also had those messages from our larger um, society. John Stinson says that these messages are very limiting. Very often it seems like there's two emotions uh, allowed for men. One is happiness and the other is anger. And anger is so often a mask basically out of fear or confusion. Do you have any examples of, of things that you brought to the table that were transformed by the group? Yes, a relationship that I'm in now, which often I feel like I have no one else to talk to about my own concerns. Beyond just sharing emotions and life issues, Stinson says that different themes emerge that the group then discusses. For instance, one week it was values, and that really helped me to clarify what are my values, and I can stand firm on those, and in defining those, helps me to discover better who I am and how I can relate with other people. Crane says redefining masculinity is an essential part of being a man today. Well, we might turn the script of what it is to be a man, and that has changed in the last 40 years, 50 years, a lot. The group first came together almost two years ago and fluctuates between three and seven members. The men sometimes listen to podcasts together, watch films, or read books that are relevant to their work. This gives them ideas for new definitions of masculinity. Stinson says they've been looking at different ways to express a warrior spirit. For a couple of different weeks, we've uh, referenced, looked into a letter from a Birmingham jail by Martin Luther King Jr. and the effect that that had that a, a man who had been brutalized and was part of a collective recipient of violent oppression and prejudice would choose nonviolence. And he did it with fierceness, with ferocity. The men are grateful to have a space of their own, but they want to clarify that the group is not anti-women. Here's Hutchinson. Especially here in Sitka, I see so many like strong and amazing women um, and courageous and powerful and um, and really like world movers and community builders. Besides being good for men, 
The group also benefits the women around them. The group has talked about how women often become the, yeah, the like sole sort of emotional support for a man. But this group changes that dynamic. Stinson agrees. When a man is better adjusted and balanced in his internal world, then he's going to be softer and easier to get along with on the outside as well. Hutchinson says that emotional support is essential for men. Not having emotional outlets can have grave ramifications. Not having that support and that structure can be a risk factor to men per- like perpetrating violence and stuff as well. That's one of the reasons the group considers itself an important ally to feminism. Crane agrees that this type of work could have larger societal repercussions. What would true brotherhood look like if we weren't competing with each other and we were cooperating instead? And what would our society at large look like if we were doing that? It's hard to imagine what that would look like. But perhaps there's a microcosm that already exists inside the sale office in Sitka every Wednesday night. For those of us outside those walls, we'll just have to wait and see. Reporting from Sitka, I'm Rachel Cassandra.